Hi, I'm Jim Stroud, and this is my podcast. Back in April, I did a podcast on, is it right to profit on prison labor? And that has led to a new connection of mine, Cherry Garcia of the company Cornbread Hustle. Now, I had the distinct pleasure of meeting her and learning about her business of helping ex-felons find work. Stay tuned for a fascinating and very raw exchange of ideas uh, after this. Entrepreneur Kylie Jenner makes an estimated $1 million per sponsored post on her Instagram, which makes her the highest paid celebrity influencer on the social media platform, according to the 2018 Instagram Rich List, compiled by Hopper HQ, an automated Instagram scheduler. Jenner is followed by singer Selena Gomez, who gets $800,000 per sponsored post, and star soccer player Cristiano Ronaldo, who earns $750,000. Together, these and other up-and-coming stars contribute to the $1 billion influencer market, which is expected to double in value this year. Now, all that is great until there is an Instagram bug and you lose over a million followers, which happened to Kim Kardashian, Justin Bieber, and several others. If it could happen to them, it could most definitely happen to you. The moral of the story, don't build your house on rented land. I suggest you do what I did and get your own mobile app with SuperPass. SuperPass makes cutting edge content apps easy, instant, and affordable. So whether you already have content or are looking to start making money by selling your podcasts or videos online, SuperPass can help. So sure, Build up an audience on social media, but drive the traffic to a property you own, and that property should be SuperPass. For more information, visit SuperPass at www.superpass.app. That's www.supapass.app. SuperPass.app. And be sure to tell them Jim Strauss sent you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Jim Stroud Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Stroud, and we have another special interview episode. Uh, a few podcast episodes back, I don't remember uh, how many it was, but I did a podcast on prison reform, and uh, that spurred a friend of mine to connect me with someone else who probably has a lot closer connection to that than I do. And I said, I, I, I chatted with her, and I said, oh, you got to be on the show. You got to be on the show. Please, please, please. She said, yes. I said, yay. So here she is. Special guest, if you would, introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you do. Hi there. Thank you for having me on the show. I am Sherry Garcia. I am the founder of Cornbread Hustle, which is a staffing agency for second chances. We help people in drug and alcohol recovery and people getting out of prison get jobs. And when I say people in drug and alcohol recovery, people aren't really, it's not so much that people are walking out of rehab and coming to us to get a job. 
it's more of because I'm personally in recovery and have been very open about my past struggle with methamphetamines as well as my current struggle with alcoholism. And 80% of the people in prison who are coming out looking for work happen to have addictive issues. So my vehicle to helping addicts has actually been by going into prison, finding raw talent, and helping people with their second chance just like I got mine. Interesting. Now, you know, as you say that, I'm thinking of the, I don't know if you're familiar with this TV show. It's called Mom, and uh, it's about uh, these women who are uh, recovering alcohol addicts and how they support each other, that kind of thing. And that's the no kind way. of image that I'm getting from that. Yeah, What's have you, have you called, seen that? It's called Mom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on, um, I think, Nickelodeon, Nick at Night or something. Cause I see oh, like at wow. 2 o'clock I in the morning. I feel like a mom sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should check it out. It's really funny. Yeah, yeah really we, we interviewed thing. 400 people last month. So okay. as you can imagine, as we bring people into our program, so what we do is we interview people to be in our program first. And mm-hmm. being in our program just simply means, hey, do you want to hang out with us, be part of this network? We're always surrounding ourselves around other people who are for positive transformation. For example, tomorrow we sent out a blast to all of our community saying, hey, who wants to come to, there's a haunted house that's year-round out here, so we're all going to a haunted house, and then we're going to watch Lion King afterwards. So we're just first and foremost a community of people who want positive transformation, and then we just happen to have a whole bunch of jobs available from employers that want to pull from our pool of people who seek positive transformation and who are already aligning themselves with like-minded people. That is very good because I I, I think America can appreciate a good comeback story. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I really uh, want to commend you on, on the work you're doing. And I see what you're doing as a trend because I, I hear of other companies trying to do the same thing. And I think that the economy is conducive to this kind of effort because it's hard to find uh, talent in a lot of places. And I'm thinking of a couple of situations. One, uh, if you get to town, I want to say Pittsburgh, but not entirely sure. But there's this one agency that ha- that holds job fairs in prisons, mm-hmm. and um, they have found some success with that, especially in terms of finding blue collar workers uh, for warehouses in particular. And then I'm also thinking about this. Uh, I think it's a chain, a restaurant chain called Homeboy. Um, yep, Homeboy uh, Industries. Yeah, Homeboy Industries, yeah, and, and they're doing some some really positive things. I actually saw one of them, I think, in the airport, and I was so blown away by that because I saw a TED Talk when their priest who runs that organization gave a TED Talk about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's the that's place the guy talked about. So that's that's pretty commendable. Uh, do, do you have any success stories that you can talk about concerning uh, oh my what you're doing? Yes, tons. And you're Please right. Share. It is it is a trend right now because a lot of reasons. One, the unemployment rate is so low that mm-hmm. it's it's really difficult to find workers who aren't going. To, there's so many options out there and opportunity. So say you hire, you know, a eager millennial. And they're like, yay, I love my job. But three weeks later, they're like, "Eh, I'm kind of bored. 
They're just going to go on to the next. <laughs> they're just going to go on to the next thing because they can. Um, somebody who got out of prison and got a second chance and is grateful for that opportunity isn't going to feel bored. I, I mean, boredom is prison. Okay, so right. I don't know. I'm just I'm a real big advocate on. I've had to manage millennials and I've had to manage obviously tons of felons and I I just. I every day, all day, every day. We've had people come here and we've given a chance to people who don't have a record. I know that sounds funny, but mm. that's how we are. We're completely backwards. We're like, we really don't like bringing somebody into our network who hasn't been to prison or has dealt with adversity um, because we just have a certain culture here. And every single time we do, they either don't show up for the interview or they don't even show up for the job because Usually they come here and they're like, ah, this is a slam dunk, cornbread hustle, I'll beat this interview any day. And then they end up, you know, finding something in between while waiting. So mm. in terms of success stories, man, so you mentioned that, you know, these staffing agencies were able to find really good workers in prison for blue-collar mm-hmm. work. A lot mm-hmm. of people instantly think, when we think felon and inmate um, or somebody in prison, it's hard not to instantly go to, okay, construction job, forklift job. And I, I understand that that's natural for someone's brain to go that way. But if you've worked in the industry like I do, you realize that a lot of people who have felonies are actually your normal everyday people that deal with substance use disorder like I do. Um mm-hmm. Or, you know, just drug addiction, put more simply. Sometimes, you know, there's a whole bunch of different words people use out there. Sometimes people don't like when I say felons. They say justice involved. If I say addict, they say substance use. That's that's one thing that I haven't really jumped the bandwagon on is just the whole trying to change the words of how everyone labels things and mental illnesses and all that. Um, I instead want to change us. So the word isn't so stained, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. But anyways, I can see why a lot of people feel that felons are great for just the manual labor jobs. But one case in particular, we had a guy, clean-cut guy, come into the office. He looked pretty defeated, and he was coming in for a $10-an-hour housekeeping job. And... You could tell he wasn't happy about it. He was at Cornbread Hustle because it was his last resort. And I took a look at his resume, and I was like, man, his resume was so smart, I couldn't understand it. And <laughs> it, it was like a bunch of coding stuff. And so I was like, why are you trying to pull sheets, bro? <laughs> like, come on, what's your passion? And he's like, it doesn't even matter anymore, Sherry. I've tried everything. I've even got six-figure job offers. And then when they realize what my criminal background is, I don't get the job. And he's like, so I just need something, anything. I I need a place to stay. Like, he was literally just needed a paycheck. And so I said, okay, hold on, give me a second. So I walked upstairs because we're in a co-working space. And I walked into an office of this guy who's a startup, and he had walked by our office a couple of months prior and said, Sherry, I don't care if it's a murderer. I don't care who it is. If you have somebody that has medical coding experience, let me know. And so I came up there, and I was like, hey, check out this resume. Would you hire him? And he goes, Sherry, if this guy 
is for real and if what he says on his resume is true, I'll hire him tomorrow. I said, what about today? He's already here. And so this guy for the last three months has been working right across the hall from us for this agency or this company, and he's making good money doing what he loves. All because he wow. came to Cornbrook Hustle as a last resort. It should be people's first resort. So that's one thing I need to really get out in our marketing is to be like, hey, you're joining a community of people with a lot of resources. You're not just coming here to get that second chance job. We we never pay our people under $10 an hour. That's another rule of ours. So hmm. we're we're definitely not, um, while the economy and society is like, okay, Second chances are a big deal right now because the unemployment rate is so low. That wasn't why we started this. We didn't see an opportunity and start a staffing agency. We actually started this agency when there was no opportunity. And we we basically went flat broke trying to get this off the ground. But we're really thankful for people like Kim Kardashian who decide to say prison reform is cool. We're like, yes, thank you. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. That's one success story. And we have, gosh, we have tons. We have those Hustler of the Week videos I do. I post one every week on LinkedIn. And it's basically somebody sitting next to me. And I'm like, hey, let's. Let's talk about your crime and what your passions are and where you want to go. And every single one of those people were offered jobs right away. One of them went from making $10 an hour at a job she really didn't like, but she stuck with it because our hustlers in our group, they know not to just quit their jobs and leave an employer high and dry. Um, and she got a 60% raise by getting a job offer for $16 an hour. I hope my math is right on that. But $16 wow. okay. an hour um, at a receptionist's office. So, And her story, you know, she, she looks like the sweet lady who is the girl next door. But she grew up in a family of drug dealers, and so she got caught in a conspiracy case because she was – you know, her brother got life in prison, but she got three years for conspiracy. So there's um, almost every single person that we have in here. We have another guy that looks like your sweet old grandpa that was as soft as a teddy bear, but he's in here for murder. You know, I say in here for murder. He's in our program because he served 30 years on a murder case, and he's one of our best workers. So we have, I mean, the stories are endless. As you can imagine, we interview 400 people a month, but we do only take about 5% and bring them into okay. our program. So out of every 100 people that actually apply online, 5% of them end up in my office having a conversation with me personally. What's the criteria you use to block people from your program? So, you know, it's so simple. When I say only 5% get through, you'd think that there's a whole bunch of vetting involved. Really, our bar is not set that high. It's just, hey, have you accepted responsibility for what you've done? Are you taking ownership? And are you willing to do whatever it takes to change your life? So if you're coming in here and you just look like you want to hand out and you're saying things, that are a red flag to us that you're not really going to put that effort. If you want that great job, but your profile picture 
is a picture of you with a blunt in your hand, then it just it <laughs> doesn't align. And, you know, we used to not be that strict. And I actually almost ran my company into the ground because I, I was the cool aunt instead of mm -hmm. the strict mom. So I wasn't holding people as accountable. And I was in my addiction. I'm only, I'm almost seven months sober now of alcohol. So I was still drinking. Thank you. I was still drinking and I was just like, yay, I just want to save the world and I want to help people. And okay, yeah, I just saw on his Facebook that he's smoking weed, but whatever I drink, he's not on probation. Weed's legal in some places, blah, blah, blah. But now that I realize how much effort it takes to really transform your life and step into a new lifestyle with new friends, even smoking weed or anything, we're just not about it. We're like, how serious are you going to be? How much do you want to change your life? And for me personally, having to go to AA every single day and put my recovery first and for us to have a negative bank account and have to figure out how to make this a profitable company or else we can't help people, it really set the tone for how we vet people. So we just ask, you know, we don't even ask questions. We let them talk. We just ask them where they're at, what they want to do, what their passions are. And, you know, a lot of the times I would say half the people don't even show up to the interview. So they, they weed themselves out, honestly. Hmm. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, there are a lot of cases that we have to deal with where, you know, somebody's just quote-unquote, I don't know if you watch the upside, but somebody's just, I'm using air quotes, trying to get a job and telling their probation officer, see, I tried, or right. they are on unemployment and they're just setting up interviews because it's part of the criteria to keep their unemployment. So I would say even 50% of our applicants are the ones who are going to show up and try to fail the interview just to not work. Mm. Mm. I, I mean, I got these people. Sometimes I think you tried to fail, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's no way. <laughs> so the 5% that you represent are those who do want to change. You are making the effort. And you are being yes, consistent with the yes. effort. They're the ones that show up to the interview on time. They're the ones who, you know, don't write all kinds of bad stuff on their Facebook. They're the ones who show up for our community events. They're, it's just easy to tell. It's so easy. And we have formerly incarcerated recruiters, only formerly, uh, formerly incarcerated recruiters. I don't allow anybody who hasn't been to prison longer than five years interview the people coming into Cornbread Hustle. And the reason for that is people in prison are the most manipulative and very smart. So people in prison are very manipulative, very smart, very creative. And if they're still bad, then they can really get over on a lot of people. But if they've changed, they can use that creativity and manipulation then turns into great sales. And then, you know, their creativity of trying to hide contraband can turn into being super resourceful. So it's just taking these quote-unquote bad habits of theirs and turning them to good. And our formerly incarcerated recruiters are able to see right through anybody that's, you know, 
I'm trying not to. I'm about to be like, that's spitting No, 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 no. I, I, get what you, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It's sort of like if you want to make sure your house is secure, you hire a thief because the thief will, will see things that uh, a normal person yep. wouldn't. Yep, yep, So, yep. yeah, I totally yep. get that. Yep. So, yeah. I totally we get have, that. There's no, we wouldn't, I'd never have a, a recruiter who hasn't been to prison or understand the culture interview somebody. I mean, we have to we have to look for a lot too. I mean, there's people that come mm-hmm. in that are high as a kite on meth or whatever, like meth, heroin, weed, I'm drunk on alcohol, whatever it is. And if you're a sheltered person, I mean, God bless you. Like I wish that I grew up and I didn't touch any of this stuff, but since I have the pleasure of understanding all the drugs and how you react to them, we can spot it pretty quickly. People, our employers always ask, do you drug test your guys? And I'm like, we don't have to <laughs> because we can't, We already can tell, we know, but yes, we will. If you want us to do a drug test before you hire from us, we'll absolutely do that. Interesting, interesting. So what kind of... Um like you mentioned earlier about the blue collar roles and as people think, what are what are some of the jobs that uh your people you find your people that aren't necessarily what people think excellence would do? Yeah. This, this is the yep, this is the the one that I'm seeing most that we're getting so much business on to where I think we're about to have to be on a wait list or I'm gonna have to Take the I say take the risk. It's scary for me to hire people because it's like such a commitment. But um, mm. yeah, it's so scary to me because you know staffing. What if all my clients? I just never want to put anybody out of work. So I want to really sure. be sure before I hire new people. But our most interest. What I find most interesting is usually companies are calling me, and they're pretty big companies. I'm I'm not going to name any of them, but like publicly traded companies that are national and Mm -hmm. just to use an example let's say diamond shamrock like that like a gas station diamond shamrock or shell and their biggest obstacle is they cannot keep a hold of general managers and general managers make about 30 to 40k and so it's still decent but in today's job market and how the unemployment rate is so low, all the people that they're finding who don't have felonies or a criminal background that have the skills to be a great general manager are most likely leaving in three to six months because they find something better. Mm -hmm. So that's the type of jobs that we're placing. We're finding that these former drug dealers like myself (laughs) – not only drug dealers, just people who are really, you know, when people are in prison, they become super, they have a background of being territorial, managing their inventory. Um, even if they were have a drug background of selling drugs, there's sales, there's wholesale, there's retail, there's cost of goods. And so whenever <laughs> you take somebody who gets out of prison and tells them, hey, I have an opportunity for you. Do you want to manage your very own store? It's your territory. It's You get to look over the profit and loss payments. You get a bonus structure and incentives if your profits are good and your cost of goods are low and, and, and your inventory looks straight. And they're just like, heck yeah, now they feel like a, 
they felt so amazing because they're managing their own store and they become a great general manager. And then they're at a point where they're able to interview second chance people and hire them. So for the first time in their lives, they're a leader where they're actually in charge of giving somebody a job and managing them and able to do it in a legal way without having to look over their shoulder or getting beating up somebody or getting beat up every day. So it's actually a perfect job for these guys. And so, you know, we have a, a pizza chain that hires general managers from us. And we're seeing that it works really well because, as you can imagine, you know, you get yourself a general manager who has no criminal background or, like I said, somebody new into the workforce. They're probably going to feel at some point three to six months later, uh, I'm just at this stupid gas station or just at this pizza place. I want to get to my next level up. So the turnover is super high for, you know, general management positions that are in the 30 to 40K range. Hmm. 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 This is interesting. So I'm hearing the people that you represent, they have a lot of soft skills because they know how to deal with people. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're very loyal because they're Very. perhaps able to get uh, opportunities elsewhere. In fact, so have my, in fact, my guys, they don't make much money because we're like, you know, we, we're very conservative. And anybody mm-hmm. could walk into our office and offer any of our recruiters six figures to leave right now, and they, I can guarantee you they wouldn't because of their loyalty and their purpose wow. of being here at Cornbread Hustle. Wow. And that's how people that's... are to whoever gave them their chance. It's family. Think about it. They were family to a gang member that they met in prison who busted their – when you go into prison and decide to be in a gang, you have to fight. You have to get beat up. It's called a heart check. You have to be beat up to even be allowed to call them family. So that's your – hi, we're family now. Bam, bam, bam. You know what I mean? So, like, wow. think about – them having a family of somebody that's giving them an opportunity and wanting to see them grow, they're going to be very wow. loyal. That is amazing. Okay, one more question before before I let you go. Um, what are some of the objections uh, that you could counter uh, from companies? Because my thinking is that if if someone went up to went to their uh, employer and said, "Hey, we are short of talent." and I want to give Cornbread Hustle a chance. This is what they do. Uh, the company, uh, the manager they report to probably, will probably say, uh, I don't know. You know, they may be a little nervous. What are some things that you could tell someone to convince their manager to give Cornbread Hustle a chance? Yeah, so the great thing is, I get asked that question almost every time. The great thing is we haven't had to sell ourselves, which is awesome. Uh, before we probably had to a little, but now because of our marketing online and just our constant advocacy, usually people are coming to us, they already know what the deal is, and they're ready to go. But if we had to sell anybody, number one, I'd just like, eh, you're not a bit, like I don't even want to sell somebody. But if I did, I would say, first of all, a lot of people come to me Okay, we have people that want to hire from us, but they have objections. So one of them was, hey, we want to hire from you, but can we only have DWI people? I was like, well, gee, all right. Well, not many people just have a DWI and nothing else, but if that's 
if that's what you want, I'm sure maybe we have some people that have some DWIs that are having a hard time. But I explained to them that the difference between charges, a lot of people think, okay, I want to hire somebody from you, but nonviolent. And I always ask them why. Like, there was only one time I had a guy have a really good reason, and it was because he got robbed and beat up in his own home. And he was like, he'd rather have a nonviolent person, but he still wanted to give a second chance, which I applaud him for that. But I usually tell people that, you know, me as an addict and an alcoholic, I'm like, hey, are nonviolent offenders, while everyone thinks that's the safest bet, they're probably the most likely to reoffend because it's self-destructive. Our murderers or our guys who have done something violent, and usually it's over drugs, by the way, um, they're not as likely to go, you know, stab somebody again as much as this person over here is likely to take another drink and get behind the wheel. So it's just no matter what you're doing, you're taking a risk, whether somebody has a background or not. I will say one thing that I shy away from that we just, we don't really accept. We don't do the sex offenses. And the reason for that is because whether it's like, you know, adult or child. The reason for that is because we have so many sober community events and I feel like we take enough risks already as it is in an organization and I don't need to put vulnerable females or males coming out of prison or rehab in an unsafe environment. So it's my one step towards, hey, that's where I draw the line. We're not really a second chance staffing agency when it comes to a serial rapist you know mm, I, we're, yeah. we're we're second chance when it comes to i mean we're second third fourth fifth i think my operations manager he's probably on his 12th chance he was dealing <laughs> methamphetamines when i found him so oh wow okay it, so there's um we all i have i got arrested just two years ago while I was running this company, which is what made me realize I was an alcoholic. So hmm. when it comes to second chances, I'm not, I don't care. Third chance, fourth chance, everybody has, success isn't linear, but I'm not real big on second chances when it comes to really harming somebody else for the sake of harming them and there was no drugs or alcohol involved. That's a tough one for me to get past. So as you can imagine, we really look deep into the I've read I've even read cases, like I've read the court documents and to really make decisions on if somebody's interview really reflects with what their story was. And this is the community side. So not all HR people and staffing agencies have have a system or the benefit to be able to really dive into somebody's story but what we're building is first a community, a safe community and a positive transformation of resources. And then we have our staffing agency arm that has jobs available for people in our community who are seeking employment. Okay. That is, uh, all I can say is wow. This, this sort of, the capture, the essence of everything is just wow. If somebody wanted to contact you and get involved, uh, or, or rather be a client of yours, uh, or to solicit your services, rather. Uh, how could they get in contact with you? What's like your website and address and email and all that stuff? Yeah, just 
www.cornbreadhustle.com. Just contact us. I read all the emails. I'm a control freak, so I see everything that comes in <laughs> on any platform. And I'm very active on LinkedIn, and I think you are too. So tag me on LinkedIn whenever this gets published. And, yeah, I'll be happy to talk to anybody about second chances. And I'm a very down-to-earth, open person, so none of your no questions or dumb questions and nothing. I, I'm not one of those advocates where people ask a question where it makes me angry. And I'm like, eh, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm... I'm actually, I actually come from a very conservative family. My whole family, I mean, my grandpa still to this day is like, why do you help them felons when you can help animals or babies? So I understand, <laughs> <laughs> I understand that I, I, I know that I'm selling a business that not everybody is going to understand. So I'm really big about having open, honest discussions and, you know, there's a lot of advocates out there crying, give inmates free phone calls and give them this and give them that and give them that. I'm like, well, I don't have free cell phone because I'm an addict. Like, I, I'm I'm really, we're a for-profit, okay? So I'm, I'm a huge advocate for earning what you deserve, not just deserving what you want. So Good for you. Good for you. I'm always glad to talk to anybody who just doesn't understand why I do what I do or how it works or can people change. And uh, happy to give examples on examples and on examples. And I'm also very open to talk about any of the failures that we may have had. <laughs> so, very um, good. I'm I'm going no to mention. I'm, great. I'm going to add a link to your uh, website in the podcast description as well for those. We just want to click on a link, so just check the podcast description and you see it there. Chair Garcia, thank you so much for your time. I have enjoyed this, and I'm really anxious to see how people react to uh, this this podcast interview. Thanks again so much. Great, I'm excited. All right, thank you. Have a good one. If you love what you heard, hate what you heard, or don't know what you just heard, I want to know about it. You can leave a comment concerning this podcast on my website at www.jimstroud.com. In addition to finding source material and related information for this podcast episode, you'll find other goodies that I hope will make you smile. And if you have not already, please subscribe to my website. Your continued support keeps this podcast train chugging down the track. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.